What's up, internet? So, season two of The Mandalorian just dropped. Wow, the CW set its superhero premiere dates. Sony bought Crunchyroll for how much? And at the end of this, we're finally going to watch that Songbird trailer we were supposed to watch yesterday. My name's David Webb. <laughs> I'm Arielle Edwards. We get nerdy nightly. And we thought we'd share it with you. Hey, welcome back for another edition of The Nightly Morning Show, here yeah. on The Nerdy Nightly. <laughs> <laughs> I love all the hype. Thank you. Thank you for being here, everyone. It is, uh, it's always fun to do this. We are, we're really in love with doing the show. Just two weeks in. It's three weeks. Yeah, and on two Monday, weeks? it will be three weeks. Holy This crap. is the end, no. No, this is the end of the this third week? This is the week? end of the third week. That's wild. I can't. It, it does seems, not feel like that long. Yeah. Um... <laughs> So, uh, we are uh, very excited for this weekend. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there's a lot going on. And the um, uh, the big thing is tonight over on twitch.tv slash theplaymat, we are doing uh, some D&D. Yeah. What does that stand for? Dungeons and Dragons. Oh. Yeah, I know where you're going with that. That's fine. It's, it's Dungeons and Dragons, just so we're clear, folks. Um, yeah, we're going to be playing a cute little family that goes on a, a spooky Halloween vacation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so we'll see how that goes. So we're playing with um, Fantaxia, The Playmat, and Cappy Archer, 7 p.m. tonight over at twitch.tv slash theplaymat. That's 7 p.m. Eastern, and if you can't be yes. there to watch it live, or if you catch this stream live and you didn't know about it, the VOD for that will be up on The Playmat's channel probably for two weeks. I don't know how yeah. Twitch does that. Two weeks? Um, I actually, I can't remember how long, uh, videos are kept on, uh, Twitch at, at the moment, mm -hmm. but for at least two weeks, it's definitely at least two weeks. Um, uh, but if there is another place that that goes up, just follow us on social media at Nerdy Nightly and at Clarsha Cars, and we will post, uh, that when we know about it. Yes. Yes. We're very excited. Um, we are looking to do a lot more D&D on Twitch mm -hmm. and this is sort of our first chance to try it out and, you know, see how that goes. Yes. We are very excited. D&D um, uh, is one of those things that, um, you know, it, it's changed uh, so much over the years mm -hmm. with like um, the internet <laughs> and with like being able to... Um, uh, video call and voice call in to play, you know, before you would have to have to actually get your group together and agree to meet at the same time. <laughs> and, um, you know, you play in person, which I definitely, I, a part of me does miss, but it's COVID times and I'm just thankful that we can all play D&D together mm -hmm. uh, remotely. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've never played uh, 5e. Uh, I've only ever played uh, Dungeons and Dragons 3 uh, and 3.5, I think is the one I played. Uh, yeah. And even that was 10 years ago. The only Dungeons & Dragons I've played since was um, uh, my brother McKinley, who's in the chat. Uh, when we do this live uh, mm -hmm. at 10 a.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday, twitch.tv slash nerdy nightly. Um, <laughs> so uh, my brother Miller got married mm -hmm. uh, and his twin, Mac, uh, wrote a Legend of Zelda campaign for us to do. And so for Miller's bachelor party, um, the brothers and Miller's other groomsmen, we got together after we went out and drank and we went to the rec room and played arcade games. And then in the middle of the night at like one o'clock in the morning, we drunkenly started a Legend of Zelda campaign. And <laughs> it was amazing. We had so much fun. But, but the best part of it was that people kept falling asleep. 
So the number of people playing <laughs> kept dwindling until it was just me. Um, uh, I don't, oh man, I don't remember his name. Uh, Miller and <laughs> wow. Mac. It was just the four of us left. We went from like six to four. Uh, and my poor brother Brody was so, he was like, I'm going to stay up. And he was just crushing beers. Just like, he and he, it was impressive. He did very, he, he did well. All right. But he was passed out for like yeah. half the campaign. It was great. Aww. It was a good night. Um, so, but that was very, you know, that, that wasn't. Sounds amazing. It was very free form. We were all drunk. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of, you know. Yeah. It was not like what tonight's going to be. And I'm very excited to get into it. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah. Um, shall we get into the first little bit of news? This isn't so much news. It's not really news. It's that we decided to wake up extra early yes. today just to watch The Mandalorian. Yes, because this this baby boy's bae. Or yeah. baby, no, it's a boy. We know it's a boy. The first season confirmed. It's a little baby boy. Oh, okay. I wasn't yeah. A 50-year-old baby boy. 50-year-old baby boy. <laughs> yeah, so we, we set our alarms. Yeah. We hauled our asses out of bed, plopped down on the couch, um, threw a blanket over top of us, mm-hmm. and watched season one, or season, season, episode one of season two of The Mandalorian. We it's woke early this morning and watched the entirety of season one of The Mandalorian. We watched all season one this morning. We're very tired. Um, for those of you who have not yet seen it, we are not going to talk about any spoilers from the episode. Yeah. So don't, um, don't worry about that. Just general thoughts and excitements because, you know, I, especially because it's so early that the episode's only been out for about six hours. We know that yeah. for a lot of people, you haven't been able to see it yet. So yeah. we're going to just talk about how we feel. Yeah, um, definitely a strong start to the season. Yes, absolutely. Um, the episode was fantastic. It clipped along. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasted no time, which um, I, like, I appreciate I don't like a slow start, like, to a season, especially if it's season one, but still, even, like, I think your first episode should give me a region, a reason to come back every week to watch the rest of the show. Yeah. Um, and I think that Mandalorian did that. I was already going to watch the whole thing because I enjoyed season one so much, um, but even if I had been on the fence, I think they, uh, I think they really, like, pulled you in, and, um, you got very excited. I did. Um... I, the thing that I think that this show does really well is, and, and it, it's something that not all Star Wars has always done well, is it plays with the nostalgia of Star Wars in a really smart way. Mm-hmm. And it brings in things from nostalgic old series Star Wars and prequel series Star Wars, that original series, not old series, but um, yeah. that fans of Star Wars love to see. Things that fans of, particularly in this episode, like fans, there's there are callbacks in this episode that are not from the movies. There are callbacks yes. to other forms of media, and I don't want to get too specific on what kinds of media because I no. really don't. The, the, we the, don't want to spoil the big reveal of this episode that I lost my mind over <laughs> was something that like I dreamed about seeing one day. Yeah, I like literally had like childhood dream, maybe not childhood. But I had dreams about seeing it. And they, they put it in here, and it worked really, really well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there were things that I, like, missed, like, having not, like, not being too familiar with, like, other Star Wars lore. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, but that the episode was still just as enjoyable to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it definitely, like, our, our neighbors probably heard David yelling. <laughs> um, Mel of the Bar in the chat is talking about, uh, they had a stormtrooper carrier, uh, last season that was just ever a toy. Yeah. And I, I know, Mel, I know, <laughs> I know. It's the Imperial, it's the Imperial Troop Transport, I think is what it's called, the ITT. Um, 
I hope I got that right, or else Star Wars Twitter is going to lambaste me. <laughs> but um, the the things is the things that the, what, the point that I was on my way to making, but you know I can't make a point succinctly. I have to take a tangent every time. Every time. Every time. Um, <laughs> was that like the nostalgia bits that I loved so much weren't so thrown in there without context that you didn't understand what was going on. No, yeah, I, I completely understood what was going on. Like, the episode made perfect sense to me, mm-hmm. even not knowing those little... the Kind of like Easter eggs. You know, yeah. they really didn't affect how the story was told. It, it, like, I still got the full sense of the story and thoroughly enjoyed every moment of it, mm-hmm. um, which I think is the smart way to do things. Yeah, but, like, it, this episode has a character who is an Easter egg but is also the main thrust of the episode yeah. in a way that it feels more like a continuation of old stories. Mm-hmm. And instead of like, oh, well, we had to go visit that person. Well, we had to go visit that person for the mm-hmm. fans. Like if, I think that, I think, I think why it works for me is because if this had been that character's first introduction in Star Wars, mm-hmm. it would have worked just as well Absolutely. as if it, as if in, as it is, it wasn't their first introduction. Yeah. And I think that's how you have to treat it. Yeah. Because you have people who, who don't, who haven't read all Star Wars lore and yeah. media on different, you know what I mean? Um, like me, um, but stu- who still enjoy the stories of it. And I think that that's how you have to treat it. And they, they nailed that. Yeah. Because um, my experience was not changed because I didn't know who this person was previously. Yeah, and I think it's, it's really smart, right? Like you have this, the, the main thrust of this episode is much like season one, the Mandalorian goes into a community. Uh-huh. He has a he, he's trying to get the baby the, the thrust of this whole season which they revealed in the trailer was uh, yeah. at the end of season one the armorer has tasked the mandalorian to get the baby to his people right yes and so this episode the mandalorian is looking for a mandalorian to help him find more coverts so that he can get information and yeah he ends up in a community where there are two there are two kind of warring factions and through his ability to bring his perspective of the galaxy into the community, he's able to kind of um, figure out a way to point them towards a common enemy. Totally. And what I really, what I really love about the storyline of this episode is that the Mandalorian, who is this very um, dangerous bounty hunter, aggressive character, mm-hmm. shows a lot of his ability to be empathetic. Yes. And I think that that is some character growth from interacting with the child in season one Mm -hmm. and so i'm really i'm loving seeing this character who we don't you know who never takes his helmet off Mm -hmm. um he isn't he's a character who exists in a world where he is changing like we are seeing the arc of him and his relationship with the child Mm -hmm. and how it is affecting him as a as a human yeah or a a mandalorian um (laughs) or whatever like genetic species he is it gets confusing when Mandalorians aren't as as are like a race anymore, um, but yeah. they, they're the whole, the whole founding idea is great, but it changed you know what Mandalorians are in yeah. a lot in a big way, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping we get to see them explore that more. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I'm hoping to see um, I'm hoping to see more exploration of Mandalorian culture. Yes, and I think that because he's specifically looking for Mandalorians in this episode, eventually we will get that. Yeah, which I'm I'm very much looking forward to. Um, like seeing how Disney is handling the story so far, mm-hmm. I am excited to see how they handle 
the 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 Mandalorians and the mm-hmm. lore and the backstory behind that and because um, I think I think they're gonna be I think they're gonna be careful with it and I think they're gonna do a good job. Well, especially because it's Dave Filoni and um, John Favreau, like they and they care, they you care, can, like yeah, Dave yeah. Filoni cares more about the Mandalorians than anyone alive, uh, and he's done he's handled them so well. I mean, yeah. look at Sabine Wren, uh, look yeah. at um, Duchess Satine from uh, the. Clone Wars show, mm-hmm. like you have a lot of really, really cool, interesting Mandalorian characters who have been created. Even um, Paz Vizsla, who John Favreau voiced on the show, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, you have this history of Mandalorians uh, that Dave Filoni has really been a caretaker for. Yeah. And so I'm excited to see what they come up with uh, in this season. Mm-hmm. I will say the the episode was better than any episode in season one, in my opinion. Uh, I think that they have the. I, th- I think that they have how to make things in the volume down better this season. There were times in mm-hmm. season one where, because I knew that they were filming in the volume, I was constantly looking for where the. It's basically like a dome, right? And so there's an edge, and everything that they're filming has to fit within the edge of that dome. Mm-hmm. And in parts of season one, I could kind of always tell how big the volume was mm-hmm. based on the sets that they were using. Right. Because there was just kind of an end. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep, 100%. The, the horizon line in all those scenes, I was like, oh, that's where the volume ended. And so the, the horizon starts there. Yeah. I think that they have visually figured out how to get rid of that effect. Yeah. In season two, in a way that is is really, like... The, it looks great. The planet they were on looked incredible yeah and i know they didn't film on location yeah and that is insane to me yeah they did a great job this mm-hmm. episode has a lot of great effects really interesting visuals um great casting great casting guys if you if you're snoozing on the mandalorian right mm-hmm. now i urge you to try to find the time to start it because once you start it you won't want to stop um it's it's really fantastic and it looks like it's getting better so I'm yeah. very excited to see what the rest of the season is going to bring. I'll also say that original original trilogy, like, hardcore fans are going to just... Th- this episode just is everything you've ever wanted. Yeah. This episode is truly mo- like seven-year-old David's dream come true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in a lot of ways. And they did a... They, it's, I, I just think it's great. I think yeah. it's really, really... It's great. This show's great. Baby yeah. Yoda. We love Never it. been cuter. Yeah. There's, there's a couple of Baby Yoda moments... He's so cute. He's so cute. I can't. No, uh, here's the thing, Cappy Archer. My my Star Wars knowledge comes from strictly watching um, the mainstream movies, the first six, mm-hmm. um, five, um, uh, four, five, and six. I I loved and I watched many many times, but I was young and I didn't retain a lot of that um, specific information. Mm-hmm. And then I've seen one, two, and three a, a few times. Um, gotta go, sudden urge to watch the episode. Bye, Mello. Enjoy watching Mandalorian. Um, if you are not a hardcore Star Wars fan, like, myself, I wouldn't consider myself hardcore. I do love 4, 5, and 6 dearly, um, but the rest of the lore I am not familiar with. There's, there, you really will not have any problems understanding what's going on. It, like we said... Honestly, the, the, the way the episode's structured, I don't think you even really need to watch season one to know what's going on. Season one? Well, at like, least for the first episode. The, the episode, this episode is, um... <laughs> Muddles doesn't want to butcher his Twitch budget for Disney Plus. That's that's fair. That's, Muddles, that Muddles is, I understand. I understand. That is fair. Um, but no, the way that the way the episode starts, and because 
because season one is getting him to the start of his new mission, mm-hmm. and this episode very clearly lays out from the top what his mission like is. a new mission, yeah. Um, and his relationship with the child. Like, that first scene um, really sets up, you know, the, like, the the child is with me. I'm yeah. trying to get it here. Yeah. The, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you could kind of watch this episode and have never seen anything else in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. And you would, you would fully understand what's going on in the episode. Well, and that's the thing is, you might understand episode one or of season two if you haven't seen the first season, but we don't know if that will continue going forward. No, because char- um, characters from season one are going they're going to show up. But like, even if and you... there was a character in this episode that returned from season one that oh, I didn't true. expect. That is that yeah. is true actually. Um, honestly, if you are not a huge Star Wars person or you're looking to get into Star Wars, I don't even know if you need to watch the originals to enjoy Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Like we kind of said, a lot of the stuff that they throw in there would be familiar or would be Easter eggs, but they do a really good job yeah. of making sure that you know what's going on without like previous knowledge. You don't have to have some previous insight um, into the like the lore, the world, the history no. to enjoy the show, and I think that's brilliant. I think they're going to reel in um, some new fans with this show. Um, if you've seen the six originals, you're good. You have more than enough knowledge to to start the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. um, and I, I highly recommend that you do if you have Disney Plus, if you have a way to watch it. Um, one of my favorite shows right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah like top three it's, for it, sure. It's definitely filling that void that the boys season two left. Yeah, because we loved the boys yeah. and then it was over, and we were like, oh my god, now what? And now we have Mandalorian, so we're okay. Yeah, so we're probably gonna keep talking about this every Friday morning. We'll get up early on Fridays, and we'll we'll give you some non-spoiler thoughts as the season goes on. But I have yeah. a feeling a lot of it is going to be the Mandalorian's great. Watch it. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just I trust I trust the people making it. And season yes. one was so solid all the way through. Yeah. Um, like season one didn't have any like duds. Like there were no like really like off moments about it. It was strong. No. no. I mean, th- there's definitely stronger episodes and weaker episodes. Totally. But even the weaker episodes in season one are really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, the next thing we wanted to talk about today. Yes. Is we got some dates. We did. We got some dates uh, from the CW. Uh, I'm a big fan of the CW superhero shows. I've watched all of all of them. <laughs> um, except some of the... Uh, actually, I, I fell off a little bit after Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um for those of you who don't know, Arrow came to an end, and I, 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 I took some time off after that, because I was, I, I was trying to process the end of that show, which mm. was, you know, eight years of television watching for me, and a show that uh, meant a lot to me. I really, I really, really loved Arrow. I loved Stephen Amell's performance as Oliver Queen. He's fantastic. Um, uh, John Diggle, uh, really just, I really, I, I love that show. John Barrowman. John Barrowman. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, seriously, as Merlin, what what a villain! Yeah, what an incredible villain, and uh, yeah, just the legacy of that show, um, yeah, it's just great. Uh, but we got the premiere dates for the new round of um, CW shows, and what's weird is uh, these are going to be episodes filmed during COVID, during you know with. Uh, quarantine procedures and stuff mm-hmm. which is wild i'm very excited to see trailers from them to see if um to see how they look and to yeah. see like how they structure um like what's going to be different yeah how is how are covid procedures going to affect superhero filming yeah you know how are is everyone going to be a little like are all the shows going to be filmed with everyone like weirdly oh hi how are you doing yeah you know what i mean instead like, of what? being up close so with each far. other 
Um, but uh, Batwoman season two, the new new Batwoman, yes. starring Javicia Leslie, comes back first. That's going to be January seventeenth. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Black Lightning on February eighth. Uh, the Flash coming February twenty third, a little bit later, mm-hmm. and Superman and Lois, the the, the big one, that because you know, Batwoman is amazing, and I'm so excited to see a Black Batwoman. Black Lightning is an amazing show. Really, really, the way that they're handling racial relations in America, um, through the lens of a superhero, is brilliant. But we haven't had a Superman show on television since the Dean Cain show in the nineties, and I it's. I just Tyler Hecklin is such a good superhero on Supergirl or Superman on Supergirl. He he's he's he kills that part. Bitsy Tulak is a great Lois Lane, and oh, I'm just stands very upset. Just stand. I'm so sorry, but Smallville is not a Superman show. Um, we can <laughs> fight about that for years, but what is it then? I I mean at most it's a the Blur show, um, the red white Blur, uh. He is not Superman before he flies, just in. Uh, and he flies in exactly one scene in that show, and it's the last scene. Um, he does oh, not put on Chad, the suit. Chad is upset with you. Smallville is a Clark Kent show, but he's not Superman. And I see. Tom Welling would have been an amazing Superman. Tom Welling right now would still be a pretty amazing Superman, but much like his appearance in the Crisis on Infinite Earth crossover, spoiler alert for that if you haven't seen it yet, He's Clark Kent. He's not Superman. And we did not get a Superman show with Smallville. We got a different thing. And it was very good. Um, it, it was good. It was a good show. Yeah. For most of it. Um, yeah. There's also parts of it that are not good. Um, but Justin loves Smallville. Smallville's so. great. Here's the thing. I'm not disparaging Smallville. <laughs> no, I'm saying that Smallville isn't a Superman show. Right. It's 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 a different thing. They weren't trying to be a Superman show. They were trying to make something else, and they did. Mm-hmm. And you know, the, there there are things that Smallville has done better than almost any Superman property. The relationship between Clark Kent and Lex Luthor in Smallville is one of the better representations. Not the best. There are slightly better ones, but one of the best representations of the relationship between those two characters. Smallville nails it. Mm-hmm. Smallville nails a lot of things. Still not a Superman show. Okay. You heard it here, folks. I, I want a show where Superman is Superman and he is Superman. And that's 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 a Superman show. Well, and that's what we're getting. And we are getting that February 23rd. It will premiere after season seven of The Flash premieres. Um, and now my entire uh, chat is furious they're, with me. They're riding. They are, they are, <laughs> there's a dragon. There is a riot. <laughs> Um, and so you, you are hit and miss with the, uh, CW superhero shows. I've seen Arrow, half of it. Mm-hmm. I, I believe about half. I think I stopped so around it. season four or five. I did. It lost me a little bit when mm-hmm. What's-Her-Face came back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lost me a little bit. Lost- um. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to not, like, be spoilery, and I also saw it a long time ago. Um, mm-hmm. But, no, there were things about it I love, people's performances that I love. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what other CW shows I might have seen. Mm-hmm. And I'm not... You've never seen any of The Flash? No. No, I have not. The Flash is... The Flash is my... Is my number one. Uh, I really... I really, really love Grant Gustin's performance, and I'm excited for it to come back. Um... The playmat says the CW shows go on for so long and always drop in quality. And I think that that's, that is the tough thing about serialized storytelling. Um, but I also think that like 
growing up as a comic book reader, I expect for things... Uh, th there's a concept in comics that's called um, the perpetual second act, where a, um, a comic book never gets to its third act, and it never really is in its first act, right? You, you're in your first act for a couple of issues, and then you're just kind of in the second act of storytelling forever, because mm -hmm. there can't be an end. Right? right? Because they're connected and they kind of just have to keep going and going and going and going and going. So all these characters right. are in the middle of their story always. Right. That makes for tough television watching sometimes because yeah. you want to build up to the big episode where there's the big finale, but you can't really kill off any of the main characters because they all have to come back next season. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so there's a difficult, there's a difficult line to tread there. Yeah. How do you get around that? And that, like, that's a big question that I really, like, wouldn't even know how to start tackling. You don't get around Like, it. You, you can't. You would have <laughs> you to... stay inside of it. You would just have to decide when the show ends and, like, mm -hmm. when it carries on. Like, wh like, what is the end of the line for the show yeah. into the other material? But because these shows cross over every year, they're, they can't end. Yeah. Unless they're canceled. Um... Like Supergirl, we know that next season of Supergirl is going to be the last season of Supergirl. Right. Which I think is smart. I think Supergirl has kind of done a lot with its storyline mm -hmm. and has kind of run towards the end of what it can do, um, partially just because of story choices they've made. Uh, and with uh, Melissa Benoist about to have, or I believe just had her child, mm -hmm. I think she's probably ready to be a mom and have a little bit more time to spend with her daughter or yeah. her son. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Not I don't, sure. I, I don't really her follow people's baby. personal lives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, but also having a Supergirl and a Superman show on at the same time feels difficult. Yeah, no, I, to, I think that that works perfectly. Um, yeah. It, you, 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 you finish that one off and then you, you bring in something new that is kind of uh, close parallel related to and and the people who know, love the Supergirl are going to be so excited every time Superman goes and on this season premiere Supergirls yeah. you know the appearance of yeah. and so Melissa Benoist I feel like is going to have a great um, is going to have a great second life as Supergirl mm -hmm. returning for the Justice League episodes yeah um, which is what they should be calling the crossovers stop calling them crossovers and start calling them the Justice League episodes <laughs> um, seriously no I'm, I'm, I'm not even yeah. joking though yeah yeah brand them as j the Justice League episodes of the CW universe maybe they can't yeah. use the term Justice League actually that might be it Warner Brothers might be like you can't say Justice League um, okay. yeah because at the end of Crisis of Infinite they don't call it Justice League they're like we are now a league of like-minded heroes <laughs> <laughs> wow okay yeah maybe they can't um huh i i know i might get i might get some hate from chat but i definitely did try to watch supergirl mm -hmm. um didn't even finish the first season um really not, i did not yeah. enjoy it unfortunately um that might be the only other cw show that i've dabbled in i've watched all of them um, including uh, more niche Marvel shows like Cloak and Dagger on Hulu, which uh, I've only seen season uh, I've only seen season one of Cloak and Dagger, but I really liked it. It's a uh, it's definitely more teeny. Um, it's got that like it's got a little bit of like Shadowhunters vibes. So if Shadowhunters was um, uh, had more money. <laughs> All right, fair. Well, I don't want to say if Shadowhunters were better because it's not really like it's not a quality thing. It just looks better than Shadowhunters because mm -hmm. it just has a bigger budget. Like yeah. the CGI in Cloak and Dagger is 
they just have Marvel money, yeah. whereas Shadowhunters had, you know, didn't. Yeah. And so there's times when Shadowhunters is doing something really well, and then it just, you can just tell that, like, if they had a few more million dollars, that, you know. I didn't even make it through the first episode of Shadowhunters, but... She, uh, she's a tougher critic than I, I Yeah, I... I watched I, all of Shadowhunters. I'm, in, I'm impatient. If, if it's not good... I'm like, nope, there's other stuff that I can go watch. Yeah, season one of Super... Uh, since we 1988 in the chat is saying season one of Supergirl is still the worst season, it is. Um, yeah. Which, which is... Fair. It's just... a lot of shows. You know what? And that's fair, but like if... Sorry, I, if your season one is not good, I'm not going to keep watching. I just... There's so much content out there, mm -hmm. and I am always a big advocate for use your time for on things that are enjoyable for you. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't want to sit through episodes of T-Bra and I'm like... Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> the nice thing about CW shows for me, and uh, this isn't the best way to watch television, but I do tend to put it on and then do other things while it's on. Like clean. Yeah, or, or yeah. write, or edit photos. And so CW, because it is because it is a little bit um, repetitive storytelling, it, just in the way that comics are, and the way that a lot of like 22-episode television is, Yeah. Um, I don't have to watch actively to know what's going on. Yeah. And, and be so, like, oh, oh, that's what they're doing now. Yeah. Okay, cool. Or like even just hearing it, I I can keep up, and then I like watch the action sequences. Oh, that's um, And so CW shows have been really good, like have it on television for me over the years, and that's how I've been able to watch um, so many episodes of television, but not feel like I've wasted my life. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, so I'm kind of confused now. So CW shows. Are like DC and Marvel stuff? No, just just DC. There's but no you said Marvel shows. Cloak and Dagger was Marvel. Yeah, Cloak and Dagger is a Marvel show on Hulu. It's oh, but it's not a CW show. But it's not on the CW. No, it's on Hulu. Oh, I'm sorry. Cloak I'm, and Dagger I and that um, that was, what's the other Marvel show? What what's the one that crossed over with Cloak and Dagger? Oh God. It's Cloak and Dagger and um, the, 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 the Runaways. Runaways is also really good. Okay. Because um, I was like, wait, well, like, I've seen other stuff. Like, I've seen, like, Jessica Jones and stuff, but obviously that's, that's not... Netflix. Right. So, so, <laughs> so this Marvel... so confusing. So, Marvel has three forms of television, right? Yeah. They have the ABC shows, which are Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Agent Carter, mm -hmm. which are ostensibly in the MCU, but aren't. The end Netflix shows, which are the Defenders universe, which started out in the MCU, but then weren't. And then you have Cloak and Dagger and Runaways, which are not in the MCU, but could be. Very clear. And then DC has the CW series, 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 which are their own universe. And then there's the HBO Max stuff, which is its own universe. But because of DC multiverse shenanigans, they are connected but only through the multiverse. Which is why in Crisis on Infinite Earths, like, Ezra Miller shows up as the Flash in the CW shows to meet Barry Allen. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. And well, Jessica Jones was great. Ezra Miller in the DC Extended Universe, his Flash was not called the Flash until he ran into Grant Gustin's Flash, and Grant Gustin goes, hey, you're the Flash, and he's like, no, I'm not. And Grant Gustin's like, yeah, you are, because I'm the Flash. And then the, Ezra Miller's like, oh, cool, I'm the Flash. That's going to be my name now, because the Flash gave me the name The Flash. That's fun, right? My brain hurts. 
<laughs> My favorite, um, D- DC recently Very had their, their fandom event, right? Uh, yeah. Over the summer. Mm-hmm. And it was great. I really enjoyed the fandom. Yeah, it was fun. But I loved that they carved out an hour and a half of the day so that they were like, all right, if you don't understand how the multiverse works, here is an hour and a half of our best comic book writers trying to explain it. <laughs> okay, well, I'm, apparently that's what I need to watch. Because, like... <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm so confused. Okay, sure. Yeah, sure. Uh, apparently uh, sure. our brains in the chat have also stopped working. I'm so sorry, everyone. If you could just hit a quick reboot and we will get on with it. Um, I do think it is notable that uh, Supergirl's final season does not yet have a premiere date. Neither does Legends of Tomorrow. Legends of Tomorrow has typically been a summer show the last few seasons, so that's not very worrying. And the um, the final season of Supergirl was delayed in its filming because of Melissa Benoist's pregnancy. Right. So those not being on the schedule is not um, isn't a bad indication for that show mm-hmm. or for either show. They will be back. They've said that they'll be back. Supergirl seasons, uh, their final season is filming right now. Great. So it isn't an indication of anything that they're not on the schedule other than the fact that they won't be ready for January or February. Gotcha. And will probably be summer releases Spring, next summer. year. Okay. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Um, so don't worry. <laughs> You're which getting... we're going to see a lot of. I'm. I, this is a conversation I would be interested to have with you because you don't typically watch like network television. God, no. I haven't had like TV. So like TV schedules don't really matter to you. No, yeah. like they make they make absolutely no impact on my life because I I mean we have TV now, mm-hmm. but I haven't had TV in like since I moved out. Because there there is an interesting thing that's about to happen where all of these shows have to do their full seasons, right? And and, and some of them might do a bridge season, some of them might have few episodes, but we are going to run into a really interesting problem in the next year where the pushback from COVID is going to shift all of our schedules back. Like, the NHL is planning to start its next season in January. But it usually starts its season month earlier, right? Wait, the NH... The hockey. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you... The hockey. Sorry, I was like, football. That starts in, like, September. It, it, it is current... We watch football games... I thought you meant, like, their next season. Yeah, whatever. It, it's just... Shut up. <laughs> but so we're, we're pushing everything back. So things are starting in January. Things are starting in February that usually start in September. Yeah. And I wonder, are in the future, in the next year, mm-hmm. are we going to see all of these organizations try and go back to their old schedules? And how will they do that? Because at some point, you'll have to cut months off the back end of something in order to adjust it forward yeah i think that's gonna be i think i think that's gonna be like a fight that they're gonna have eventually um and you know the people with the most money are gonna win that fight yeah you know they're gonna be able to vie for that spot if they really want it Mm -hmm. if they don't care whatever it doesn't matter but you know if they truly believe that that spot um should be theirs and that it will help them out you know people are gonna pay for it and i you know yeah i think that um that um, television, like, I think that they're going to make money off of these companies trying to um, get the spot that they want. Because it's, it's go- there's yeah. going to be, there's going to have to be restructuring. Mm-hmm. There, there will have to be. There's no way. There's been such an upheaval that it, I just, I don't think it's possible. It's not possible to just, like, next year reset. Just slip back into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's going to be, there's definitely going to be a process, but I wonder if shows like Legends of Tomorrow and Supergirl being summer shows next year will help them bridge that gap 
where they'll just put out content constantly until mm-hmm. they can reset, but they'll yeah. like do staggered so that it's not as like this is the fall, this is the spring, this is the summer. Yeah. They'll like have more overlap of yeah. when episodes are premiering mm-hmm. and when movies are premiering cuz like we're about to have a crap ton of movies be ready for release that haven't been released. Yeah. And it's going it's going to be really interesting to see how they handle that. Well, yeah, because as soon as as soon as things are safer, like we're going to see so many new movies and you know, we're going to see who's going to try to get their movie out right away and who's going to hold back and who's going to try to time it in a way that benefits them. Um, and so I'm really interested to see what these companies think, yeah. like what their thought processes are, because I, I mean, if it was me, if I had a new movie that was supposed to come out weeks, months ago, um, I would want, I would want to get it out right away. I would want it like, I would want, as soon as things are like chill enough again, that like either we have a vaccine or um, numbers are like very under control. I would want my movie in that theaters because I know, like in my head, I would think that people are gonna be itching to go out and see new content, to get outside and um, go back to those normal feeling experiences. I have a feeling Wonder Woman, because I, I, Wonder Woman is still talking about coming out in December, mm-hmm. and provided there are movie theaters open for it to be in, I think it's gonna hold that date. Just because I think that like there's going to be wait I, Christmas yeah okay I'm and I'm a little worried about it I'm I'm a little worried about Thanksgiving and Christmas this year if I'm being honest mm-hmm. um, in the states I think that people are people have been cooped up so long that I feel like they're for Christmas especially people might be more willing to break the rules yep and I bet you some people have had their holidays and vacations planned a year in, in oh, advance. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. You know, and they're just going to keep... Well, look it. at Kim Kardashian's ridiculous tweet. Oh, I didn't um, see it. Kim Kardashian tweeted out... Um, Don't follow her. <laughs> uh, after two weeks of asking my friends to quarantine and test multiple times, I surprised them with a trip to a private island so we could pretend the world was normal for a while. And she just got destroyed on Twitter for it. Because, like... So she made sure all of her friends were COVID-free and then took them to a private island? Yeah. That's nice. It's nice, but, like, don't tweet about it. Like, just do that. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to hear about no, it. No, no, but seriously, like, like the, good for you. The, the internet is, like, great. You're rich and can do that. Congratulations. Happy birthday. But, like... Yeah. If you have to explain why you're taking friend photos with your friends with no masks on, then maybe don't post the photos. It, you know, people people online are just kind of like, hey, this looks bad. Yeah. Like, it looks like you're just bragging about being rich. Well, I really would not be shocked if that was it. That's, that's fair too. Like, fair it's... Too. I'm sorry. I do not like the Kardashians in any form. Like, <laughs> I... <laughs> mm-hmm, that's a whole other thing. I... Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just interesting, right? Like, you know, the, there are people who are going to want to do stuff like that and we're going to, the movie theaters are going to have to assess the risk and, you know, we, we've been to the movies multiple times since quarantine started and it has felt really safe. Yeah. It has. They're, they're empty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and. It, It helps when there's no one else there. Yeah. There's, there's no one else there. And the theaters are large, so yeah. it's not like you're in a confined space with people, like sharing the air with people. It's the movie theaters are the the it, are big enough, and the ceilings are high because the screen is huge. Um, you know what I mean? Like it definitely does not feel like you are sharing space with like a group of other people. Yeah. Um, and it has been nice to go out, you know, because we've been in movies. There's like 
four other people in the whole theater. Yeah. Um, nice. And then, you know, everyone outside, everyone, they're all wearing masks. You can take your mask off to, like, eat popcorn and stuff like that. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it's the same thing to, like, a restaurant. Eating and drinking, you're allowed to, to remove it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's, like, way more empty than any restaurant you'll probably go to. And yeah. way more open space. And, you know, from what we know about COVID, it's about the air particles and sh- having that close contact and, like, breathing in each other's space. Yeah. And so if the other person in the movie theater is, like, 20 feet that way or 20 feet that way, it, it definitely does not feel dangerous. You know what I mean? And uh, Duo MTL in the chat says, yeah, but it's all about ventilation, too. You're in a true. big room. But if mm-hmm. the ventilation sucks... That is true. That's true. Um, but having worked in movie theaters, I know that the ventilation's pretty good. Yeah. Um, that's something that is is really uh, important for the environment, just because of smells. <laughs> and like we had a, we had clogged airflow at my movie theater one time, and we stopped putting movies in that theater for four days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's. Yeah. That's interesting. Though that... we also had mice in the movie theater, and we didn't stop for that. So you know, priorities. Um, yeah. <laughs> Working in movie theaters is wild. Oh, I cannot even imagine. Um, you know, it, it is definitely, it's definitely, it's interesting, right? Because we're about to see this explosion of content. Yeah. Because now, the, the problem is now, during COVID, when they weren't making new stuff, it was mm-hmm. all right. Because yeah. they weren't backlogging and backlogging and backlogging. But now we have the stuff that was supposed to come out. Yeah. And then we have the stuff they're making right yeah. now. Like, at and the end of the show, we're going to watch the Songbird trailer, a show that was yeah. a movie that was made during quarantine. Yeah. They're making Spider-Man right now. They're yeah. making these shows, and they have to come out. Yeah. Um, these movies, they can't just wait and then release these movies in two years. It's just not going to be viable for anyone. Yeah. Especially if they keep making movies. The Batman movie that's coming out has a release date, and, yeah. you know, it has to come out in order for the movie that they're going to start filming in two months... They need the money for it. Movie, and you know. They need to make room for it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be this weird, um, like, just avalanche of content. Um, but I think that they're, they're just going to have to be smart about it. Because if there is too much, they're going to end up, like, stepping on their own toes, in a sense. Um, Duo MTL in the chat says, do we know how well Mulan did on Disney Plus? And the truth is, we don't. So, Disney yeah. Plus does not release its numbers. But outside firms have estimated that it made between two hundred and fifty and three hundred million dollars on Disney Plus, uh, not including subscriptions. Right. Um, that is yeah. That is strictly just paying for the thirty dollars extra to see the movie, not including which, your initial rate. Which is which is uh, if you add in the thirty million dollars from China uh, and a couple of other uh, incomes, it is is not good because. How much did, did it cost? Mulan cost about... Oh, we have a lead the raid. Thank you. We will be raiding You Found Demo. You Found Emo? After the show. <laughs> um, I believe Mulan was a $200 million budget-ish. Um, okay. Which sounds like, okay, they spent $200 million, They made 290 or 330 Between 290 and 330 It's not a lot. But... That $200 million does not include the marketing budget. And this movie was heavily marketed multiple times. They marketed right. it for theaters because it was supposed to come out on March 17th. Yeah. We, and if you drove past the movie theater in Calgary for the six months of quarantine, that, that March 17 poster was... poster was giant. It was still yeah. there. Mm-hmm. They So they marketed the movie once. Yeah. They marketed it a second time for its August release. And yeah. then they marketed it a third time for the, for Disney, the Plus. Disney Plus release. And you have to pay for those TV spots that you put out on 
channels all three times. And they ain't cheap. They ain't cheap. <laughs> so, I have a feeling Mulan broke even. Honestly. I think Mulan broke even. And because it's on Disney Plus yeah. now, and Disney Plus is making money, they never, like, they'll never tell us if it actually broke even or not. Yeah. But I think it broke even, but it didn't make any profit. I don't think Disney saw any profit because of marketing that movie, yeah. which at the end of the day is not the end of the world, right? Yeah. The, the, they don't fine. need to profit if they don't lose money in COVID times. I feel like everyone gets a pass for COVID stuff. Yeah, it's true. But No, it's true. But the future of the company cannot break even on all of its movies. And so I think that's why we're not seeing the push for Black Widow or the right. push. I, I think Soul is going to Disney Plus because they're not as sure that it'll be a hit. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas Black Widow, they know they're going to make money on a Black Widow movie. So they can't throw away that. Yeah. Whereas Soul is a bit of a higher risk. Yeah, Soul, Soul is a little bit controversial depending on your beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people have very strong opinions about your soul and what that means. Um, I, I hope that doesn't become a narrative around the movie. I, you never know. I, I like, hope not. I, I have a feeling, uh, that's, yeah, no, I didn't think about that till you said it, but yeah. I'm just saying there are people who have very strong ingrained opinions about your soul mm -hmm. and what that entails and they do not like having those questioned. Um, and that's not everybody. But hmm. there are some people out there that that is the case. And so, yeah, I think that that is definitely a bit of a riskier move movie for them. Cheers. Cheers, Sensui. For the Empire, my friends. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, Duan TL said uh, those numbers will be in financial statements. So we will eventually know how well Milan did. But Duo, the, the problem with the problem with that is that because they've tied it into Disney+, Plus. They can release it as part of the Disney Plus financial statements. Right. And, like, it's the same thing Netflix does. Like, it's so hard to figure out what does well on Netflix. Yeah. Because Netflix doesn't release individual numbers. They just release their, like, bulk number. They're like, and Netflix made this. Right. And so I, I have a feeling Mar or Disney is just going to go, Disney Plus made this much money. And people will go, oh, good. Disney Plus made a lot of a lot of money. Yeah. Disney Plus is making money. I promise. Yeah, they're raking it in. Um, yeah, I don't actually. Um, I don't understand how, and like, I don't understand how that works. Um, well, I mean, it's so, been the problem with Netflix since the beginning, right? Especially yeah. from a union perspective, because yeah. SAG-AFTRA, the union that does the acting actors contracts for Netflix, mm -hmm. they want to know how much these shows are making because they want actors to be to able be to paid. negotiate. Yeah, they. You know, like. And Netflix has historically been able to keep those numbers a secret. And so it's very hard for actors to negotiate their contracts on streaming services because they actually don't know the value of their own shows. Yeah. In the way that Friends was able to go, this many million people watch every episode, we demand a million dollars an episode. Yeah. And NBC went, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You, you, yeah. 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 No, 100%. And like, um, it makes things a lot more complicated on that side of mm -hmm. the business. Uh and I get it. I get like, you know, if I was paid, if I was paid like an average salary or something from like doing something on Netflix that blew up, that was like trending on Netflix, everyone was talking about it, I'd feel kind of ripped off. You know what I mean? And like, do, do if when you go when you get hired to go into making a show, do you know what their budget is? 
Like, do you, are you privy to that kind of information no. for negotiations? No. So it no. kind of that makes it very difficult. Well, and so for like the first season of a show, you you're generally at like a standard rate, yeah. unless you're a name, right? Um, but what so about it's a difficult. Movie? What do you mean? Well, Netflix does movies. Yeah, but there are rates. Like the so the union gotcha. sets standards, right? Right. And so a lot of the time. Unless you can negotiate because you have a name mm-hmm. or you have like a history or whatever, totally, y- you tend to make the standard. Like every contract I've ever had for a film, except for a couple of background things I did where like I had to do a special stunt or something, mm-hmm. I just got paid the standard rate. Right. Um, when I worked on The Deuce, uh, I just made the standard rate for working one day on a television show. But the problem that we're seeing right now, I, I believe, is mm-hmm. that the standard rate for something on a streaming service, like for Netflix stuff, is lower than what it would be for uh, for network television. Is that correct? Um, yeah, they are different rates. Yeah, they changed. are. Changed. Okay. But, t- but you know, typically it, it's it's hard to... The, the rates might be similar even, but the problem is with classic television, if the show gets syndicated, you get royalty money forever. And... If it's not syndicated, you you don't. Right. But in streaming, there's no syndication. There's no royalties. Like right. you, I still get royalties from things. Yeah. I get hilarious royalties from things. I did a movie um, called uh, Free the Nipple. Mm-hmm. It's a like feminist manifesto film that. I so I was hired to be in the scene, mm-hmm. and it was my first. It was my first like speaking role in film and television, right? Uh, and so I was hired to do the scene and then Hurricane Sandy hit. And so we literally filmed four days worth of footage in one day in the middle of Hurricane Sandy using gas generators because there was no power in Brooklyn. And in order to get gas, our PAs had to get in line at like two o'clock in the morning at gas stations because all the gas stations were running out of gas. So we were literally filming a movie in a hurricane. And... (laughs) Jesus. Anyway... I was so excited to be in this movie, even though it was like, there, it, it, you know, it's free the nipple. It only got produced because um, Miley Cyrus started tweeting about it, mm. and she tweeted photos with free the like topless photos of herself to promote our movie. Very odd. All right. I'll so take it. it comes out, and I'm like, guys, I'm in this movie. I, I'm, I have one scene, but like, I'm a reporter. I'm really excited about it, and I went to see it with some friends. Was not in the movie. My entire scene was cut. Yeah. And then I got this $12 check one day in the mail from Netflix. And it was royalties from this movie I'm not in. <laughs> um, and the government took their like five and a half dollars of it. And so I got a $6.50 check from Netflix every like six months for like four years. <laughs> For a movie that you cannot see me in. Oh boy, it's my cup of coffee for the day. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. That is wild. So yeah, so it's 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 fun and like you know I I still get those checks because they have to send them their royalties on. Yeah. For uh, sure. And the reason I get royalties from Netflix is because Netflix didn't make that. So um, I'm not actually getting a check from Netflix. What happens is in this case because I just said royalties aren't on Netflix, so I need to explain. Netflix shows and movies don't pay royalties because they're made for streaming. Mm-hmm. The movie that I was in was made for theaters and Netflix bought the licensing rights to the movie. Mm-hmm. And so the I was getting my cut of the licensing rights even though my character had been cut from the film. Right. 
Yeah. Right. Um, uh, Jovaki is asking if you're a retired actor. <laughs> I am not retired, Jovaki. I am still an actor. That's yeah. that's we one are, of many jobs I hold. We are both still actors. Theater is just uh, very quiet at the moment. Um, but yeah. we do have two topics and about five minutes left of the show. What are the two topics? Well, we didn't talk about uh, Crunchyroll. Oh, for those of you who like anime, Sony bought Crunchyroll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, guess how much? Because it is wild. Um, we Less have... than they were originally going to buy it for. Really? Yeah, a while ago. So um, Crunchyroll was owned by someone else. AT&T. AT&T owned Crunchyroll. And they were going to, they were looking to sell it. Mm-hmm. And Crunchyroll originally was going to be sold for $1.5 billion. Um, because uh, Crunchyroll is an anime service, for those of you who don't know. Wow. That has 70 million free users and 3 million paid subscribers, mm-hmm. which is not bad. You know, that that's a decent fan base. Yeah. It, 70 million f- free users, you're making money off of them in ads and stuff. So... Originally, that was the price. It's actually gone down. Wow. Um, and That's wild. So, Sony Sony got the exclusive rights to bid for Crunchyroll, mm-hmm. uh, which meant that no other company could um, yeah. place a counter bid. And they ended up buying it for $957 million um, around there. Wow. Yeah. And it's a chunk of change it is it is a chunk of change the so now sony does own the crunchyroll Mm -hmm. which um laser gunner says spider-man into the anime verse um the anime (laughs) soccer director from spider-man just thought there is a there is actually a spider-man anime Mm -hmm. there's also a japanese spider-man television show live action that if you have not seen you have to watch. He has a mech like Power Rangers. He has a sword. The 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 Japanese Spider-Man show is it, it, it it's not Spider-Man. Like it 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 literally bears no resemblance to American Spider-Man. Right. But God is it so funny. It is so good and so it's so weird. <laughs> it's so 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 weird. And if you don't have time to watch the whole show, or if you can't find it, just go watch the Honest trailers for it on Fandom, uh, the the YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. The Honest trailers for the Japanese Spider-Man show is, it's so funny. And it will break your brain. I can't wait. I can't wait. That's yeah. amazing. But yeah, so Crunchyroll, uh, bought by Sony. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, neither of us are big anime people. I've watched um, Full Metal Alchemist. Mm-hmm. Um, both versions and that. That's pretty much my only anime uh, experience. Yeah, part of me wonders if we will, like, when we buy our PlayStation 5, if we'll get, like, a free year of Crunchyroll now. Maybe. Like, if I was Sony and I was trying to get people to buy the PlayStation, there's little things like that. Because when I bought my new iPad last year, I got a free year of Apple TV+. Plus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which no one ever uses. But, but I don't think either of us have a huge opinion on this. I cause Yeah. It, it's just cool. If, cool nerdy news. If they had been bought from being privately owned, it would be a bigger story to me because it would mean things are going to change. Mm-hmm. The fact that they're going from one corporation to another means they're probably, they're, there might not be big changes for Crunchyroll itself. Yeah, it might just stay the same and pass ownership. They were already owned by a corporation, so it's not like, it's not like someone's going to come in and be like, now we're a corporate company. Yeah. They've been a corporate company, and so this is just kind of like their next home for that. Yeah. But um, I... I I hope that for people who love anime, it, it stays a good service that you can use and that you can get that. Because I know that getting um, anime in uh, 
North America used to be really tough. Like, yeah. it kind of used to be like you either watch Dragon Ball or you watch Naruto and that was it. And now you, the access, <laughs> because of Crunchyroll though, the access yeah. to this wide variety of animes there and that fan base has 100%. grown so much, especially on TikTok. Anime TikTok is wild. Yeah, that's a whole other realm. <laughs> All right, y'all. Um, yesterday we promised we were going to watch this Songbird trailer. Yes. We didn't do it because, um, here. Because this one's yours. Thank you. We, uh, it wasn't up yet because <laughs> I got the time wrong. But now so we, we are going to watch. It. We're going to watch. Wait, why didn't that pop up? Why did this not work? <gasps> For shame. That's weird. Yeah, right? Maybe it's that one? Okay. Oh, okay. There we go. Here we go. We're going to watch this trailer, and then we're going to talk about it, and then we're going to say goodbye. <laughs> this is uh, the new... Uh, this is the first movie filmed in quarantine in L.A. Uh, Songbird, starring K.J. Appa from Riverdale. Good morning, Miss Garcia. Good morning, sunshine. I miss you. I could kiss you right now. Yeah, well... Someday. Curfew is now in effect. All unauthorized citizens must stay indoors. Yeah. As we enter the 213th week of lockdown, a grim new Oof. reality emerges. COVID 23 has mutated. Beginning thermal scan. Demi Moore. Thermal scan normal. A horrifying new development new today. New data confirms the virus attacks the brain tissue. Hey. Whoa, 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 whoa! I'm immune! Worldwide death toll rises to over 110 million. All infected Americans are being forced into quarantine camps. Sarah. Sarah, what's going on? Department of Sanitation. Sarah, talk to me. I think my neighbor has a fever. I love that everyone has like a ring doorbell. Yeah. Mrs. Grant, you have visitors. Sarah, do not open that door. Jesus. Remember we thought this was going to be like a fun rom-com? Yeah. Beginning thermal scan. Three, two, one. Anomaly oh detected. Our guards will be arriving Jesus in four Christ. to six hours. You must not attempt to leave your home. Oh, and the purge. Be shut on sight. This is my message to you. I know you're in there. I love him. He's always like the creepiest villain. I have to let you go. No, 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 no. Sarah! Sarah! Say goodbye to me. Sarah, I'm not letting you give up. This is my message Sometimes we have to do things we don't want to survive. I'm trying to save the one person left in my life that matters to me. I can't help you. What you're talking about is illegal. Yeah, Greg Robinson. The cast is stacked. I'm here. Your face right now. This is not what I thought this was going to be. Same and sanitized. Oh my god! 
not what I thought this movie was going to be. I was like, oh, it's going to be a love story. Um, there is a love story. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what I will say. When I read the synopsis that it was about KJ Appa being, like, out in the world. Oh, crap. What if it's still in our world? What if oh, we walked in here thing. with us? Major things. Um, I, I thought that, I thought the trailer would be, like, all KJ Appa. And I'm, I like seeing that Sophia Carson's character, the the one trapped in the apartment, she's getting a lot of the um, the focus in that trailer. And yeah. it's, it's good. To, it's interesting. Like, she's... Yeah, it, it kind of honestly seems like she's the main character from that. Like... Yeah, I feel... I mean, he I, has the ability to get out and about, but... I feel like it's going to be, like, the... The... She's going to be the main character emotionally because the story is happening to her mm-hmm. and that um, KJ Appa's character will be the person who, because he can go outside, will be the physical motion of the piece right. because he can actually do things. Yeah, um, yeah. That, yeah that, which that, that makes sense. But wow. um, <laughs> focusing in on, focusing on her relationship with her grandmother, that, that was really, that was cool. I honestly, like, you know, it's, it's hard to watch because like, it's like the worst case scenario of what real. COVID is <laughs> yeah. right now. But it it actually looks better than I thought. It does. It looks really good. It mm-hmm. it looks freaky as fuck. Not gonna lie. Um. Yeah. It's it's a little close to home. But that's you know, Laser Gunner is saying bringing in COVID might not be the best disease name. And the point is, is this movie they made as like our future. Now, obviously, like it's that that that's an extreme mm-hmm. whatever. But it is meant to be related to what is going on now. Ham Jenner's though is saying it seems kind of in bad taste to me at least. I don't It's interesting. But 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 it is an interesting thought. Like, you know, yeah. some people are going to be put off by how close this is. Yeah. If there is a tragedy where lives are lost, Jumping on that bandwagon to make content about it does kind of seem in bad taste. If you think about it as content, but the people who wrote this and the people who made it are probably saying, like, this is our way of... Because artists process what's going on in the world by making art about it. Yeah, it's tough because I'm sure that their thought was that we have this idea and this is what we want to say. Participation? (laughs) Thank you for the follow, Infinite Double Zero F. Um, It's rain. It's rain. Um, that, that, that becomes a really hard line with art, I think, Mm -hmm. because you want to make a comment on it, um, and you, (laughs) Mello, thank you for subscribing. Thank you for subscribing, Mello. I'm so pale. We're trying to talk about this serious topic of, like, whether this is in bad taste or not. (laughs) No, and and you know what? Thank you, Mello, for subscribing. Thank you for the foster check. Um, it, it is... Um, that is a really tough question and I don't Mm -hmm. actually know how I feel about that because making, you know, artists making statements on current affairs is not a new thing. That's how Mm -hmm. we've always dealt with this, with, with, with tragedies and horrible things. That's so pale. Oh my God. How close are you to hitting your sub goal? Uh... Today snow is crippling much of the Washington. Are you gonna have to do some horror VR tomorrow? Well, I still have a four-hour stream today, so oh my gosh, so pale. This is just gonna keep playing. I'm sorry, everyone. I I need to fix this. Um, today snow is crippling much of the Washington. There was disaster relief just going on. I I agree. Hero of Wind is saying like it it feels like releasing a disaster movie while the repair efforts are ongoing is weird. 
Here's the thing, though. This isn't a disaster Today, movie, Snow is right? This much is a of movie the about... Lowlands. How many more times? God, I know. We're trying to talk about something serious, Dagon. Why do you do this to me? We love you, Dagon. Thank we love you so much. much. Yeah, Snow is we do love you. Oh, my goodness. Um, you're pretty great. You're, 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 you're alright. You're five out of seven. You're five out of seven. Um, I'm so pale. Because you haven't fixed it yet. Well, that's that's yeah, on that's, me. That's that's on me. Today's snow us. is crippling much um, of the Washington Lowlands. <laughs> Here's the thing. This isn't a disaster, though, right? Like this is. I, there's going to be an element of the movie that is going to be about. But it is tough because they make the government the bad guy in it, which is complicated. I don't know. I I just I don't know. Here's the thing. And what I think people, I think the point people are trying to bring up, they could have made this movie and called it something else. Yeah, yeah, 100%. This, this could have been a movie that had parallels for COVID. It could have been the same, like, like in 2020, the same things could have happened. But it just could have been slightly removed from our reality and maybe just named something different. And, yeah. you know, I think that's an important thing to think about because there are people who have been really negatively really negatively impacted by COVID. We can't have serious conversations on this show. I know. We cannot. <laughs> um, what's up, Educated Clams? Nice to see you. Um, yeah, so uh, my, my thing with it is that I understand what the people behind this movie are trying to do and mm-hmm. I think as artists it is our job to comment on current affairs in society and um, bring things to light that may not be um, fun to deal mm-hmm. with at all times but I think they could have taken one step from the reality of our current situation and maybe just named it something else. Yeah, I also think like making the representation of the, the government, oh, I can't remember that actor's name. But he's always, like, the creepy villain. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the sanitation guy at the door. Mm-hmm. I think making the representation of the government such an overtly gross representation of him is a little bit odd, right? Because, like, I, I want to be, I, I, I want to be very, very clear. The, the frontline workers in this pandemic that we're currently in are heroes. Yes. And they are not creepy, and they're not mean, and they're not... You know, this this narrative that the government is, like, locking down things for because they're being malicious is so insane to me because the doctors and the nurses and, and the ambulance drivers, like, these people are freaking, like, real-life superheroes True. doing shit that I can't do. Yeah. That, you know, that, that I, I'm, I'm so... I'm scared to go... <laughs> I'm scared to go to restaurants. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. there, I have this... I, I, I don't want you taking the bus. Yeah. I'm like, no, 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 I'll get up early to drive you to your photo shoot because I would rather you not take the risk of being on public transit. Yeah. And these doctors are choosing to go into these hospitals and choosing to, to do this and to represent the people on the front lines in a malicious way like that. I, I do actually agree. I think that there is something about... Bad taste. Um, yeah, it is a little bit in bad taste to, to not represent the social workers who would be going to those doors to tell people they're sick. Those people, the people who would be willing to do that are not going to be evil. They're going to be so... (laughs) That is going to be the worst job in that world, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's going to be people with the biggest hearts doing it. Because it always is. Social workers are always the people with the biggest hearts. Yeah. And, 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 you know, they... You know... It's just, it's just interesting. It, it, it is, it is, a, it, yeah. it is the bad taste. I, I do get it. Yeah, I under, yeah, and that's the thing. Like I was saying, I understand both sides. Yeah. 
Um, unfortunately, we are over time. Um, but uh, I think maybe um, as more stuff, like, I think we can maybe continue the conversation about the tra- this trailer next week. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a lot there. And, you know, taking some time to think about it might actually be beneficial. Because because uh, because I am very conflicted. Because yeah. there are things that I feel very kind of weird about. But there are also things that um, I'm happy that are, are going to be portrayed in media. And so it's it's a tough one for me. And I think that this, uh, I will say in the trailer, it definitely seems like the character, the minority characters are being hit harder by the disease. Mm-hmm. They are, the, the trailer seems to be making a comment on that. And I hope that the movie does um, comment on the fact that people of color uh, in the United States in particular are being um, overly impacted by coronavirus mm-hmm. in a way that um, we need to be doing more about. We, we you know, especially our, our uh, elected officials. I hope that after November, um, they hear very loud and clear that we need to be doing more for um, minorities in yeah. this time. Yeah. And um, that is a good segue to the end of the show where I'm going to say, like I said yesterday, vote. Please vote the American election. If you're not in America, I understand. You can't vote there. But if you are, <laughs> please, please, please vote either on November 3rd election day or any of the days leading up. Many states have early voting. If you do have a mail in ballot, please don't mail it in. It is. It might be too late. It might not, certain states, but in a lot of states it is too late for you to send your mail in ballot now. Yeah. Take it to an official drop-off location yourself today. Put it in an official, please look up, make sure it is an official ballot drop-off. Take it, drop it off today. Because voting is sexy. Voting and voting is sexy. Voting is hot. Mm -hmm. But also voting is important. And this is the most important election in our time. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. uh, But please, 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 (laughs) please vote today. uh, Or tomorrow. Or on election day if that's the day that you're voting. But have a voting plan. Yeah. And yeah, I'm just going to say that every day until Tuesday because it's very important. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Dagon brings up our Patreon if you are a member of our Patreon, you're the reason that the show happens. Oh, my belly's coming out. <laughs> no, not the belly. Not the tum tum. We, we love our patrons so much. You mm-hmm. make the nightly morning show possible. Please consider checking it out and showing some support. Um, it means the world to us. Um, there is a sexy Pennywise cosplay going up on the Patreon tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Um, you're not going to want to miss it. Truly. It's pretty hot. It's, it's pretty great. Um, so yeah, so take a look at the Patreon. We're also playing some D&D tonight over at twitch.tv slash theplaymat. We have so much to plug. I know, I know. We've, I, that's why I was like, oh, we are over time. Guys, mm-hmm. we, we, we got We're so way over time, it. and I have, to be, I have to be streaming in an hour and a half playing more Alien Isolation on this channel. So come back in like 90 minutes. Yeah, come back, come back in 90 minutes for some more, some more Twitch shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Um... I think that's... Oh, no. Make sure you're here on Monday, guys. It's Mimosa Monday. We have a really big, exciting announcement for you. Um, And then we're going to be playing... The The Newlywed Game. Newlywed Game. We're going to be hanging out, just chatting, drinking. It's going to be fun. You're not going to want to miss it. Um, We do have a raid target, so we're going to end the show. Mm -hmm. And um, we'll hopefully see you either today or tomorrow for some horror VR or Star Wars Sunday. Also... it is, it is Mimosa Monday, Fanta, so if you want to come be on that show, let us know, because we'll happily drink mimosas with you. Just throwing that out there. Yes. Um, as we always <laughs> say here, do something nerdy tonight. Yes, that, that's usually what we say. Do something nerdy tonight. Bye-bye. Bye.